Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. In a time when the world is dealing with a pandemic and many commercial gyms have shut down, interest in creating a gym at home has swelled. Whether working out at home is something you've been mulling over for a long time or that you've just started to think about, this show will help you decide if and how to move forward on the idea. My guest today is Coop Mitchell. He's the founder of GarageGymReviews.com, a website and social media community dedicated to reviewing personal gym equipment and inspiring people to work out at home. Coop and I begin our conversation unpacking the many benefits of having a home gym and talk about one of its potential downsides. He then explains why it's generally a big mistake to go all in all at once on a home gym and how he recommends making the transition instead. We then get into exactly what the startup cost of a home gym are and how it's likely less than you think. Coop shares specifics on what he thinks are the essential pieces of equipment to get, cost breakdown on each, and the companies that manufacture solid equipment at an affordable price. We then turn to the issue of space and Coop shares the minimum size footprint you'll need for your gym as well as solutions if you're working with a very small area or live in an apartment. We end our conversation with suggestions for exercising, even if you have no equipment at all. After the show's over, check out our show notes at awim.is slash garage gym. Coop Mitchell, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, Brett. Thanks for having me. So you are the owner and proprietor of Garage Gym Reviews. It's a website, social media accounts, Instagram, where you review gym equipment for your garage. How did you get started with this? Yeah, so my dad had a garage gym growing up, and it's actually the house that I bought and live in now. So I have a garage gym in the same place my dad had a garage gym. He was a powerlifter. I started to train for hockey and basically fell in love with the training and started to get into like competitive type of like training environments. So like powerlifting, CrossFit, that sort of thing. I realized I was paying like 150 bucks or something to go to this gym that, you know, I didn't love the equipment. The coaching was just okay. And I realized, man, I actually have a tweet from like 2012 or something. And it was like, if I only had a thousand bucks, I could build an incredible home gym. Well, Fast forward, I asked, I think my wife at the time, she was my girlfriend, and I asked her if I, for like a basic setup to get started for Christmas. And it was a squat rack, a Rogue SML2 squat stand, a Rogue Ohio bar, and some Rogue HG 2.0 bumper plates. That was the first thing. But I realized I'm like very eccentric and I like to like, I don't do things halfway. So I was like, I've got to figure out a way how to get more of this stuff and how is that going to happen? How can I make that happen? And I started doing research and I realized nobody's really writing reviews or talking about gym equipment on the internet. Everybody's talking about tech, doing reviews on phones, tools, that sort of thing. But very few people were doing it. Any, nobody was doing it really on home gym, starting home gym and the equipment like involved in it. So I decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a WordPress blog. I'm going to write basically my best articles best reviews on products, be as honest as I can. And then I'm going to send these to companies as my quote unquote portfolio to basically like get products. So people would send me products and say, Hey, I'll, I'll write this review for you. Well, I started off by sending it to like the biggest companies. I still have like emails from like big companies like Aleco saying like, what would we need you for? You know, like, no, we're not sending you any product, but I would get a couple like jump ropes or like massage balls and things like that. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. Like, I'll just, you know, do my best work and maybe it'll like get better and better and better. And over time, it just grew. It just like I'd write reviews, 
And then I'd get another product or I'd buy a product. I'd write a review. We'd talk about it on Instagram. Started a YouTube channel and the YouTube channel kind of blew up. Started the website, started putting more money into the website and creating a community around it. And then started a Facebook group. The Facebook group started blowing up and, and growing. And just over time, it just kind of like amassed to this point that now, you know, we just help people not only find equipment, but also be inspired to, you know, start a home gym, help them find the training they need for the home gym and everything around it. But honestly, my goal in the beginning, I'd love to say it was just to help people. And I just wanted to, you know, really do the right thing and help people. But in reality, I just wanted a garage full of gym equipment. And over time, that grew to the point where I can help people now and I can provide a lot of advice on the equipment that's out there. Does Aleko now send you stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of funny. We actually did a video recently where they came out with a new spinning dumbbell and we dropped it off a 75 foot parking garage because they were trying to prove like, although it spins, it's also incredibly durable. And they had this awesome marketing video where they were like dropping it off all these things. And they like edited this video where they dropped it off a building. And I would message them. I was like, there's no way you dropped that off the building. They're like, yes, we did. I was like, how about like we recreate that? So they said the dumbbell, we dropped it off the parking garage and everything ended up okay. It's pretty cool. And for those who aren't, don't, aren't familiar, Laco is like this, they make high-end like competitive weights, steel weights that are really expensive. Yeah, yeah. So they make like the most expensive barbells. They're basically like the Ferrari of gym equipment. So the barbells that you see on the platforms for like the Olympic trials or on the Olympic stage are often a Leco, same with bumper plates, everything like that. Very expensive, very high end and good quality. Yeah. All right. So right now we're in the middle of the COVID pandemic and we were talking before the show, the interest in garage gyms has skyrocketed because gyms across the country are shutting down to encourage social distancing. So besides the, you know, besides social distancing in the time of a, a pandemic, what are the other benefits of a, of a home gym? Yeah. So. I like home gyms because there's no excuse for not working out. I'm trying to remove as many barriers to me reaching my goals. And I think people, other people should as well. So in, in some regards, it's like, I'm kind of, you know, I recognize the areas in which I'm lazy. And one of the areas in which I'm lazy is I don't really like to leave my home. My, I have an office at my home. You know, I like hanging out with my kids at my home. You know, I, I mean, that's where I spend most of my time. And I think most people are that way. So why would I have a membership where I have to drive somewhere and have to be around people that I don't know or don't necessarily like? I've got to pay to use it. They have bad equipment. Like I don't get to choose the equipment I get to use. I got to wait for somebody else to use it. When I could build a basic setup that's going to accomplish 90% of the training I need to do for under $1,500, bucks. So one of the greatest benefits, I think, is you're saving time. And by saving time, you're saving money, right? So you're saving time in the fact that you're not having to drive somewhere. You're saving time in the fact that like, you get to get through the most efficient workout you can because you're not having to wait on people. You're saving money because you know I know you've had Mr. Money Mustache on the podcast, and he talks about this all the time. But you're not having to like spend the resources to go somewhere, which involves getting in your car and you've got car maintenance, you've got gas, you've also got the opportunity costs that are associated with spending time in the car when you could be spending that time on working out. So you're adding on average, most people around 15 to 30 to an hour extra time that you could be spending just on working out and then at home. 
but you're having to go to the gym. So one of the big benefits I think is not wasting time, not wasting money. And also it's always there. So the home gym is always calling your name. You walk by it all the time. You know, if it's in a separate room or if it's in a basement or garage, it's right there. So every time you walk by, it's calling out to you. Hey, you can improve. Hey, you can become better. Hey, like come in, get a workout in. You don't have an excuse. No longer can you say like right now with COVID going on, people are saying, I can't go to the gym. That's a great excuse for people to make because they literally can't. But it's not a good excuse if you have the setup at home. And here's the thing. You're never really gymless. You can always work out at home. There's always something you can do at home. There's some movement you can do. But having the tools in your toolbox in order for you to accomplish your physical goals is a great way to accomplish them and I think a huge benefit to having a gym. Well, that point you made about it removes the friction out of working out. There's no longer excuse. Whenever we've had guests on the podcast to talk about how to form good habits, that's one of the key things they talk about is make it as easy as possible for you to do the thing. And by having the gym right in your home, you've made it as easy as possible for you to go to the gym. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. You're removing those barriers to entries. I know Duhigg has talked about that in Power of Habit. Atomic Habits, they talk about that. Removing the barriers to entry in order for you to like progress, move forward. You have to recognize your limitations and the way in which you're lazy. And I think having a home gym helps you achieve that. And it doesn't, the thing is, it doesn't have to cost as much as people think. I think that's like this barrier in people's mind is like, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I can afford payments, but I can't afford a gym. When in reality, I think a better idea to look at it would be cancel your gym membership now do body weight work while you save the money you would be spending on your membership for a year or so. You can be just as healthy doing that and then buy a home gym. And I think you'd be much better off. You'd have an asset that you could sell later on if you wanted, and you're not paying the man, you're not paying a membership. This, you know, you're not financing your gym habit. It's at your house. And we'll talk about the startup cost for a home gym here in a bit. Yeah. Um, but another benefit that I found of having a home gym, and you talked about this a little bit too in your answer, is that you get to customize what you have in your gym. I know when I worked out at a gym, that was one of the more frustrating things. I, there was a piece of equipment that I, I wanted to use, but they didn't have, so I, I couldn't do it. Or they wouldn't allow certain exercises, right? They wouldn't allow like uh, Olympic lifts or powerlifting. So you, if you wanted to do that, you couldn't do it. But at a home gym, you can. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can do any type of training in your home gym. It's really only limited to the equipment that you buy, so your budget, and also your creativity. So here, here's the thing. There are more companies today selling gym equipment than there was at any time in history. And the reason is largely thanks to CrossFit, which created the barbell revolution, which then created like this functional movement. So less machines, less machines, they take up less space, they cost less. So you can have more in your garage gym or your home gym. And then beyond that, it spurred this home gym revolution where now all these people, they're breaking free from their memberships and they're customizing their gym to their training style. So if like you, you like to do power lift or strength lift, I know you follow Barbell Logic, that type of training, you mostly squat, deadlift, bench, overhead press, and you have some accessory work. It's all centered around a squat rack, a platform, a barbell, and some weights, and a flat bench. That's a pretty basic setup. You don't need all the things that you would pay for at a membership gym. You don't need like a cable curl machine. You don't need a preacher curl machine. You don't need a ham curl. All these like, you know, isolating movements. You don't need that to get strong. What you need is willpower and some basic tools. 
And so you can buy whatever level of quality that you can afford or want to. So if you want to buy a barbell with volcano type knurling, that's 200K tensile strength steel, not or super stiff and put it on a rack with, you know, three by three inch uprights with one inch holes that are just massive. You can do that, but you could also get away with just buying a super simple setup. It just depends on how you're training. And that's not limited to just people that do basic training because there's a lot of people that bodybuild and do that type of training in their gym. They just get unique with the way that they come up with their, their movements. So they're building, like we just posted two days ago, a DIY cable setup on YouTube. So for 25 bucks, you can build a lat pull down that attaches to your rack. You can build all that stuff so you can accomplish what you want to. But yeah, it all depends on your goals and what type of training. And you can you know, create that in your own home. And another benefit you tout on your Instagram page a lot is that a garage gym, if you have kids, you have a family, it allows you to spend time with your family while you're working out. So you know, before, if you're going to the gym, like that wasn't time you were seeing your kids. Now with the gym in your house, you can actually do this stuff with them and, and foster a culture of physical activity in your family. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean... I want to live. I'm a father. I've got two kids. I've got a one-year-old and a soon-to-be three-year-old. I'm a husband. I'm sure a lot of your people listening are similar to that. And my main goal in life, I mean, at the top of my hierarchy of priorities is not fitness. It's a little bit down the list. But what is high up there are my kids and my wife. And I want to make sure they know that I care for them, that I love them. And I don't want to just tell them what to do. I want to show them what to do. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a leading from the front type of feeling. So I don't want them to get older and me tell them, Hey, you should work out when they've never seen me put in effort. They've never seen me work out. Whereas now my kids are going to grow up just being around it, just like I did. They're just going to grow up being around it, getting used to it. Hey, mom and dad work out in the garage. It's a part of our lifestyle. We hang out there. It's not like I, oh, I have to go to the gym today and get this workout. I don't complain about it. I enjoy it. And they're a part of it. So my son, I've got like a three pound kettlebell. He'll come out there and like do a couple swings. I've got like these little cute two pound dumbbells. He'll come out and do some deadlifts. And he's like, look, dad, I'm exercising. And it's just, I mean, it's just awesome to see. And it just allows me to have more quality time with them. I mean, I want, I don't want like I, I believe that it's not just quality that matters, it's quantity. And so I want to spend as much time with them as possible. And if that's the case, then, you know, why not bring my workouts home? It's not like they're bugging me. Like I do a set and then I hang out with them. It's not too difficult. So yeah, I mean, for being a better father, being a better mother, I think a home gym, I think it's, it's one of the best things you can do because you're taking that time that you would be spending hours at the gym you're now spending it with your kids in an environment that's healthy for you and healthy for them. All right. So we've been touting the benefits of garage gyms, home gyms. So it saves you time, saves you money, removes the friction from exercise. You can customize your gym how you want it to be and helps your family and social distancing. <laughs> what are the downsides of a home gym? Yeah. So here, here's some of the downsides. One of the downsides that I think a lot of people don't think about because they'll see like we post on Instagram, like cool gym setups. And so it's exciting. They get excited about having these things, but they forget that oftentimes you're working out alone. Now you don't have to work out alone, but I think, you know, a lot of home gym owners, they end up spending a lot of their time working out is by themselves. Okay. I always suggest inviting people over, you know, like inviting your neighbors, friends, training partners, all that kind of thing is going to help you. 
but a lot of the time you may be in there alone. So what that means is if you're used to going to a CrossFit gym or any type of like group exercise program where you're motivated by the other people you're training against or motivated by, you know, Larry, who's on the cable machine, he's got big biceps and he looks over at you because, you know, he likes the movement you're doing. And, you know, (laughs) he thinks, you know, you're looking swole or whatever. If that kind of stuff motivates you, you're not going to get as much of that in the home gym. I think there's a disadvantage there where it's less motivating and it's harder to do because there aren't people watching. And it can also often be cold or hot, depending on if you have your you know gym climate controlled, if it's in the garage, a shed, outdoors, things like that. But on the flip side, it has benefits to it because you're doing, you know, I know this is something you talk about. Teddy talks about this voluntary hardship. So you're voluntarily doing something that's harder then I think, you know, you would ordinarily do. It's harder to work out by yourself. It's harder to work out alone. It's harder to have that motivation. But because you're doing that, you're not only increasing your physical strength, you're also increasing your mental strength. So I think one of the biggest disadvantages to home gym is you are working out by yourself and you have to motivate yourself. But I think if you spin it properly, it can be a very good thing. And a lot of people, to be honest, they like spending time alone. So it's it's not a big deal. All right, so let's talk about starting a home gym, when you've been doing this for a while and you've seen people start home gyms in their, them, themselves and you probably get lots of questions, what are the biggest mistakes you see people make when they start a garage gym or a home gym? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest mistake is spending just an inordinate amount of money from the very beginning, just going over the top and just buying as much as they can, buying it all at once because they think they're going to enjoy it. I like the idea of just dipping your toe in the water, trying to decide if it's something you're actually going to stick to and like, and then making your purchases. If you're just going to like stay at a, at a commercial gym, never work out at home. If you were spotty at working out at a commercial gym, chances are you're probably going to be spotty working out in your home gym too. So don't also make a bad financial decision by buying all this equipment just because you want your garage or your home to look cool wherever your gym is. So I would suggest like trying going out in your garage or wherever you're going to work out and just doing some bodyweight stuff, buying some basic stuff like a pull-up bar or like some dumbbells or something. And just like getting used to working out on your own while you have your commercial gym membership. And then once you've decided, hey, I've got the mental fortitude to make this happen. Hey, this is something I enjoy. Hey, I've got the money to make it happen. Then dropping some money and you know building your home gym. I think, you know, I, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see is just people spending too much from the beginning. However, there's also the flip side of that. And that is you, because this equipment is so heavy, it costs a lot to ship oftentimes. So I'm kind of the opinion, dip your toe in the water, decide that you like to do it and then buy the equipment you want to make it happen. Because if you just buy a little bit at a time, you're going to be paying extra for shipping Whereas if you buy, say, if you go to Rogue Fitness or Rep Fitness or some of these other companies, if you buy a rack or a certain amount of weight, oftentimes they'll allow it to ship for free. So then you can also throw on your plates, your bar. I mean, we're talking about thousands of pounds worth of equipment and you can end up getting it shipping for free. Whereas if you did it separately, you'd probably pay you know, an extra 500 to 1,000 bucks just to have it shipped to your door. What's that saying about crying once, cry twice, whatever? (laughs) Buy once, cry once. Yeah, buy once, cry once. So if you buy right the first time, 
you know, your wife slaps you once, right? So if you buy right the first time, you won't have to continually go back and like upgrade or like sell stuff on Craigslist or have stuff break and you have to buy something new. You know, if you buy right the first time, you're not going to have to do it again. You're going to have a better, more enjoyable experience. You're going to like using your space. That's something, that's another mistake is people not making a space that they enjoy to go to. You should make your gym a space that draws you, that you want to spend time in. So, you know, some people, they like, you know, it's not a home gym unless it's grungy and there's rust and chalk everywhere and dirt on the floor. Well, personally, I don't like going to places like that. I like order and I like it to be kind of clean. I like it to be bright so I can see what I'm doing. So I try to make my space accordingly so that I spend more time there. Whatever helps you spend more time there, I think is going to be beneficial. All right. So the big mistake, don't go all in right at the beginning. And then also you made, I think it's an interesting point. Don't cancel your gym membership right away. If you're thinking about doing this sort of transition there. Yeah, definitely. So Dave Tate, he owns Elite FTS. He's a powerlifting coach. Um, He used to train at Westside Barbell, which is the strongest gym in the world. He has a suggestion, which I really like. And that is just do some of your accessory work at home. So if you're on a training program, let's say you're powerlifting and you want to like, you have weak hamstrings or weak quads or whatever, and you want to bring those up or you have weak abs, let's say, then buy a ab roller and use that at home for your accessory work. Just dip your toes in a little bit at a time. And then after you've decided, okay, I really want to do this, you can build up over time. I, I think, you know, not, I think canceling your gym membership and going cold turkey, like that's difficult for a lot of people. There are people that can do that. And if you can do that, you know you can do that because you do that in other things. But there's a reason Nicorette gum is out there. It's because people like they need to slowly wean off. They need to slowly change. So I think keeping your commercial gym membership and also, you know, having a home gym, building it up over time, I think that's a, a smart decision. Yeah, that's what I did when I started the home gym. I kept my gym membership and eventually phased out of it once I realized that, yeah, the home gym was what I would be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's what, I think it's what most people find themselves doing. Did you, when you built your home gym, did you buy it all at once or did you kind of just get some basic items slowly? No, I got like this, like the, the basic setup. So squat rack, barbell plates, that was it. Great. And that's probably kind of what you have now. Do you have anything additional to that? I've added some barbells, like some specialty barbells. We can talk about that and we talk about what do you do after beyond the basics, but that's, it's pretty much the same. Not much. I've added a platform that I DI'd wide. That's it. It's the same setup for the most part. Yeah, and that's how I think that's how most people are. You realize, like, wow, I go to the gym and there's like 500 machines. Well, it turns out I only really use 10 of them or five of them. You know, it's like I don't need all this extra stuff. And, you know, that's where you can save money and have a home gym that's like a minimalist or a budget style. All right. So let's start. Everyone's listening to this probably thinking when they, people think garage, then they probably, they're probably thinking cost. You say you can save some money. It doesn't really, it isn't that expensive to start a gym. What are the startup costs for starting a home gym? Yeah. So one, it depends on your training and your goals. I would say first outline what your goals are. Is it to lose weight? Well, you probably don't need as much strength equipment. If you're trying to lose weight, are you training for a marathon? You know, that sort of thing. So first dial in your goals. Once you have your goals lined out in the style of training, then you can decide your essentials. But this is what I think the essentials for most people are. I think most people should have a squat rack. The reason you should have a squat rack is because one, it allows you to lift safely. Two, it allows you to do like 
some of the most beneficial movements in history, which is like a back squat, an overhead press, a bench, those sorts of things. And it also allows you to do pull-ups. So it's another place that you can do pull-ups. You, the squat rack is where a lot of your training is going to happen. So you can buy a squat rack. You can get squat racks that, honestly, I would recommend as cheap as $300, $200. In addition to that, I think you want a nice barbell, a nice Olympic barbell. Because of the increase in barbell training, they're much cheaper today. So you can get a high-quality made-in-the-USA barbell for around 250 bucks. If you don't want to main the USA barbell, you can get them on Amazon for around 150 or 200 and it still be quality. In addition to that, I think you should have a bench. A bench allows you, one, a place to flat bench. It also allows you a place to do dumbbell rows and shoulder presses and sit on in between sets, that sort of thing. You can buy an Amazon basics bench that we reviewed and honestly can hold up to 600 plus pound benches for 50 bucks shipped to your door. Okay. So super cheap. And then in addition to that, I think you want some weight plates. So you want some weight plates to go on your Olympic bar weight plates. You can get iron or you can get bumper plates for most people who aren't doing Olympic lifts. They're not doing clean and jerks and snatches. What they're doing is they're doing squat, deadlift, bench, overhead press, and some rows and landmines, some other like ancillary lifts. I think you're fine getting iron. And honestly, I would suggest most people looking on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist for iron plates because iron is iron. Like, yeah, they can ship and break over time, but most of the time they're going to weigh what they do today the same that they weighed 10 years ago. They may be a little bit heavier because they've had some chalk on them and some blood. Other than that, you know, I mean, they're pretty much the same like type of thing. So I suggest looking on Craigslist for iron plates, getting a set that is a little bit more than your max lifts so that you have something to shoot for. And then as you get stronger, you can buy more plates. So I suggest buying iron plates, looking for iron plates for about 50 cents a pound on Craigslist. And then if you want to do addition to that, there's a lot of other things you can buy like dumbbells, you know, incline benches, all those sorts of things. But I think in the beginning, what you need is a squat rack, a barbell, a flat bench, and Olympic plates. We're going to take a quick break for your words from our sponsors. And now back to the show. And you actually, you wrote a, an article on our site, a guest post last year about how to, how to build a home gym on the cheap. And you lay out exactly what you can get for a basic gym setup. And it costs about $850, which, I mean, if you do the math, like most gyms, they cost, what, $59 to $79 a month. I mean, in, in a year and a half, you would have paid for that by quitting the, the, the gym and just buying the stuff working out from home. Oh, without a doubt. And that's just, that's what I like to get across to people is that's just factoring in the cost that you hand over to the gym owner, right? That doesn't include the cost of the fast food that you often buy when you're going home because you feel good about yourself. You did this work, so I might as well stop in here real quick and get some food or the protein shakes that you buy at the gym or the extra equipment that you have to buy to use the gym or the time you have to spend to drive there or the time or the money you have to spend for the gasoline in your car or the car maintenance, all those sorts of things. So although like an average gym membership is around that cost, that doesn't include everything else that people don't think about. So in reality, you can end up paying for your gym without losing money in probably about nine months worth of gym membership. You can have a full setup of a home gym. And if you buy right, you're going to buy things that you can resell later on if you don't like it 
or if you want to upgrade. So there's lots of, as you said, there's lots of companies out there making gym equipment for the home. I mean, like five years ago, there wasn't this many. For someone who's budget conscious, say they don't have, they don't, they can't drop thousands of dollars to build a home gym. What specific companies do you recommend they check out to find quality, affordable gym equipment? Yeah. So I suggest a few items that they spend money on and then other things don't matter as much. So a barbell, I think is really something that you should buy that's quality. You should save up for something that's quality. Thankfully today, that doesn't mean thousands of dollars. Like I said earlier, you can get a made in USA barbell from Rogue Fitness, who I would often suggest for barbells. You can get a Rogue Ohio bar or a Rogue Ohio power bar or Rogue bar 2.0. Those are all of the best Olympic bars, best value powerlifting bars that we often suggest. You can get those for around 250 bucks shipped to your door. That's a company I would suggest looking for barbells. For squat racks and that sort of thing, I would suggest looking at Rep Fitness, Fringe Sport, or Titan Fitness. Not because I don't like Rep Rogue Fitness for those things, but I think you can get a Chinese-made rack and it's going to get you pretty much a long way there. And it's going to be safe and work and everything like that, but it's going to be a lot cheaper. So Titan Fitness, Fringe Sport, Rep Fitness for that sort of thing. Plates. Same thing. So I would actually suggest if you want iron plates, Cat Barbell on Amazon, that's a cheap company that makes, you know, they've been making standard barbell iron plates for decades. Okay. The design hasn't changed. There's not really much innovation to happen with a 45 pound plate of steel. I would look to Cat Barbell on Amazon or some of those other companies for those. And then benches, again, Rep Fitness, Titan Fitness, Fringe Sport, Bells of Steel is another company. If you want to go to a higher end, you can go to some of those like Rogue Fitness, Sornex, Aleco, Prime Fitness, those sorts of companies. But I think for most people, those lower cost options for those items, I would look to like a Titan Fitness, Rep Fitness, Fringe Sport, Bells of Steel, those sorts of companies for those items. Yeah, when I started my garage gym, it was pretty much all Fringe Sport. I got introduced to them via Atomic Athlete. They're based in Austin and Fringe Sport. Pete, the owner of it, is also based in Austin. That's how I got introduced. Got my rack. It was no frills, but it kept me safe. I had hit lots of PRs on it. It worked. Barbell I used, great. I got the rubber plates from them as well. Still using those. It's been five years. It's fantastic. Oh, that's that's the thing is, to be honest, a lot of the upgrading that happens isn't because you necessarily need it. You know, it's like a car, for instance. Most people that drive Jeeps, They're not going off-road with them. They just like them because they look cool. They can take the top off, that sort of thing. This, I mean, it's the same thing for gym equipment. The more you spend, the benefits that's going to come from it, the, you know, it's not going to be as much as going from a $5 barbell to a $100 barbell, right? So if you want to spend more money and you want those features, they're cool to have and they can be helpful and you like looking at them and they feel better. They may be able to hold a little bit more weight. But to be honest, squat racks, most of them are two by three or three by three uprights made of 11 gauge steel with some holes in them. There's really not that much variance between them. So you can buy something cheap and honestly get away with it for the rest of your life and upgrade if you want to. I just know most people, they like to have nicer things. They like to have things they can show off 
and things that they can enjoy using more. So they'll end up spending more money, but you don't have to, it's not a need. It's just a want. Well, I upgraded my squat rack recently. And the only reason I upgraded was because my, uh, Reynolds, my barbell coach had started having me do like stuff with bands as I was lifting. So I needed pegs where I could put the loop, the bands through and then put them on the barbell. And I couldn't do that with the, the fringe sport rack. So now I have the rep rack and it's fantastic. I, I like it a lot. It's awesome. And I gave the, uh, the rep, my fringe rack to a buddy and he, it's still, he's still using it. Oh yeah. And the thing is you got that rack because you wanted to do use band pegs. But the fact of the matter is you could get by not doing banded lifts or you could get heavy dumbbells and secure the bands to the heavy dumbbells and then secure them to the bar if you really wanted to. So, you know, it's just like, you don't have to do those things. They add nice convenience features, but really a home gym, you're limited to your creativity less than you are your budget. I was actually using dumbbells for a while and I just, it was getting annoying having to do that. So I I, I went for the pegs. Yeah, it definitely, band pegs are definitely helpful, more secure. All right. So you don't have to spend a lot, 850 bucks. That's uh, less than an iPhone. Well, here's a question. You mentioned a lot of these brands, like affordable brands, Fringe, Titan, Rep, they're made in China. Are they seeing issues with uh, the COVID thing, disrupting supply chains, et cetera? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So pretty much everybody, I mean, all of these companies are importing some form of equipment like Rogue Fitness, for instance, the bumper plates they're selling, they're made in China. Like nobody really in the U.S. is making bumper plates due to the working conditions required to make them. So all of these companies, all of these home gym companies or just gym equipment companies in general, they're going to be feeling some sort of heat. So they've got orders probably that in China, they're not shipping, they're not being made as quickly. They're sitting on the shores because they've had, you know, China's had quarantines out for a while. So there is going to be a stock issue, especially with how much demand is happening. Home gyms right now, like in March 2020, more people are buying gym equipment than really any other time of the year, except for maybe Black Friday. So it's basically Black Friday in March. But the issue is, there's more limited stock because there's difficulty getting it into the country. So if you're going to start a home gym right now, if you want to start one, it's probably best to order now. And I'm not saying that because I'm just trying to get you to buy stuff. I'm saying that because if you want one, you may not be out of luck on a lot of items because we're already seeing a lot of bumper plates and bars and racks that are coming from China. They're already going out of stock because companies... They didn't foresee this happening. I mean, who did, right? They didn't foresee this happening, so they don't have a stock to keep up with the, the demand. So we mentioned stuff you can buy uh, affordable gym equipment. You on the site, you and on your Instagram page, you talk a lot about uh, DIY equi- equipment. Is there any stuff that you recommend that people build themselves and they can get away with and, and use? Yeah, I think anything that you see that's like fun or adds an extra movement to your training. You should try and make a DIY version of it, see how you like it before you buy one. So for example, some cheap ones that are off the top of my head, a slam ball, okay? A slam ball or an Atlas stone, you can make a 100-pound slam ball using a 16-inch uh, four-square ball. So you buy a four, we've got, we've got DIY instructions for all this stuff on the website. But if you have a four-square ball, you can buy off Amazon 16 inches for maybe like, I don't know, 12 bucks or something. You can fill it with 100 pounds of sand, Use a like a tire repair kit to repair the hole. You can wrap it, wrap it in duct tape if you want. You've got a 100-pound bag of sand. There's a lot of stuff you can do with that. Another one is a cable pulley system. 
you can make a cable pulley system with a simple pulley, some cable, some like one eighth inch cable and a plate post that you make out of black iron with a pipe flange on it. There you go. You have a DIY plate post. An axle bar, that's another one. You can get Schedule 40 pipe from Home Depot. Get some flanges, some plastic like tube flanges to basically be your Olympic sleeve collars. And then you have an axle bar. Things like that I think are great to build. There's there's all sorts of like stuff I would suggest building for like storing items, like storing your dumbbells. Most people shouldn't buy things to store items. They can just make them out of wood or things like that. You know, and you can have a fun time doing it as well. Chop your wood, it'll warm you twice. So those sorts of things are things that I would suggest making. I wouldn't suggest most people making a squat rack, although we do have DIY options for that. I just think the safety there, you're better off buying one and they're cheaper. I've seen some pretty nice DIY squat racks made of wood on your Instagram page. Oh yeah, they're they're cool. The issue is what happens is those holes that are used for the J-cups and the spotter arms, if enough weight put on there, they end up getting loose and that bar can end up falling off. I, I feel safe in a wooden squat rack. It's just the amount of lumber required to make a power rack that's safe. You could get a squat stand delivered to your door for not much more. Are, are there any pieces of gym equipment you think are just gimmicky that you don't think people just skip? Oh, there's so much. I mean, there's so many people trying to capitalize on this market that they come out with stuff that's completely, you know, you don't need. So I wouldn't fall into it. You know, like you have like the obvious ones like shake weight and some of those other as seen on TV type pieces of gym equipment that obviously I would avoid. I think I think anything that doesn't that I wouldn't categorize as a as a essential could be seen as a fad. So there's a couple of things like lever arms or jammer arms. Personally, I like jammer arms. They're these arms that attach to the front of the rack and allow you to do like these movements similar to a landmine. They, they work well. The difficulty is most people should not be buying those until they have a full-on squat rack, barbell, and all the other basics. And then even then, there's other attachments they should buy. So I would be weary. I wouldn't say there's so much fads, but I'd be weary spending a lot of money on things like belt squats, jammer arms, monolift attachments, different things that attach to your rack because you're probably not going to use them as much as the other things and your money's better spent on buying a nicer barbell, a nicer squat rack, that sort of thing. Once you have those laid out, then you can go after the more you know fun, cool, fad type stuff. And that's what I've done with, I haven't added really fad stuff, but I've over the years I've added like specialty barbells whenever my training has not necessitated it, but it would be nice to have. So like now I have a deadlift bar, right? So it's a little bit longer. So it, you can, it has some more bend to it. Uh, I've added a, I got the curl bar. What, what, do, what do you call that thing? It was like the curly Q looking thing. Yeah. Easy curl bar. An easy, I got an easy curl bar now. I've added the duffalo bar. Ooh, that's a good bar. Which is, yeah, it's really nice. It's great for squatting whenever my bicep tendonitis flares up, kind of takes some pressure off the elbows. And I got a safety bar. So it's that thing where you got the handles there. I also yeah, have definitely. that. And that's that's pretty much all I've added. I've also added a, what else have I added? The box squat thing. Mm-hmm. So I've added that. And, I, and I, again, when I, when I buy this stuff, I try to like find affordable options. So the box squat I got from some website in New York. 
I don't know the name of the company, but like their website was like, it looked like it was built in 1995. New York Barbells. New York Barbells. I love that. I got it from there. It was super affordable. I love their website because they haven't changed it all. And it works <laughs> great. And it's like, it was a lot, it's a lot, it was a lot uh, cheaper and a lot, it weighed less than the Rogue version. So shipping was less too. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Things like that, you don't need to spend a lot of money on because you're just looking for a place that you can sit down on. There's not a lot of safety involved, you know. I mean, it's just a square box. So spending like as little money on po- as possible on those things—that's super smart. I have the Rogue Squat Box. To be honest, it's pretty annoying because it's so big and heavy. You don't want to move it around. Like you're going to get an injury trying to deadlift that thing and move it around. So yeah, I think cheaper items like that—it's a great idea. And there's so many smaller companies out there now where I mentioned some companies, and there's just hundreds of others that are selling either one-off products. Or have specialty stuff like you mentioned the Duffalo Bar, Kabuki Strength, making some of the best specialty bars in the world. That's another great option. But really, that's after you've decided, like you did, like I've committed to this. I really enjoy it. It's a great part of my life. I want to add some items. Let me start buying these specialty bars that can increase your experience, hit your body a little bit differently. But in reality, you could probably get by and get just as strong and fit using a barbell. Yeah, it took me about three years before I started buying specialty barbells. Yep. So, yep. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's more than most people. Most people, it's like, you know, a couple months, six months, they're buying them. By that time, th- after three years, you know, you're committed. And yeah, there's no reason or no issue buying a bunch of extra stuff. All right. So let's talk about another issue that people might have. So we've, we've solved the money problem. Like, isn't it expensive? $850, you're paying that a year at the gym. What about space? Yeah. So, here's what I like to say is the more space you have, that's the more options you have to train, but you don't have to necessarily have a ton of space. So I've got a friend, his name's John Call. He, his Instagram name is Juji Mufu. He's got a few million followers on Instagram. One of the reasons he got popular in the beginning was because he was working out in his kitchen. So he literally off the dining room, he lived in an apartment off the dining room, right behind his dining room table, he had a squat rack. And that's where he stored all of his stuff. That's where he did all his workouts. And he has like a 650-pound deadlift. So he got really strong in a very small space. Honestly, the really the amount of space you need is about a 9 by 9 room. You need 9 by 9 because a barbell is about 7 feet long. You need about a foot on each side to put plates on. And you, know, you need some room out in front of the rack to work. Other than that, you probably want height, depending if you're doing overhead press, you know, you can do a short ceiling room. You just can't stand up and do overhead press. You have to sit down for it. But I think in a small, like small room, if you have an apartment or things like that, there's also options that allow you to fold things up into the wall. So there's a company called PRX Performance based out of Fargo, North Dakota. And they have these racks that fold up four inches. They stick four inches off the wall when they're folded up and then you can fold them down to use them. So if you have a garage that you like to park in, you just fold it up. It's got shocks on it. helps you fold it up. Sticks up against the wall. You can park your car. When you're ready to use it, pull your car out, pull the rack down. You're ready to go. So I would say you know, having about a nine by nine room and buying essentials. Again, buy a squat rack, buy a barbell, buy plates, buy a bench. You can get extra stuff as you have more space or as you have more money, but you're going to get just a fine workout in there. Um, for cardio, that's something I haven't really hit on yet. Most home gym owners, they don't have a lot of cardio pieces. You can have things like air bikes, rowers, treadmills. However, those all take up quite a bit of space. 
when most people, you can just go outside and hit hill sprints or go for a run, do a jump rope, things like that. That's what I would start with. And then if you want to add some things like an air bike, a rower, go for it. I would suggest that most people don't buy treadmills because they take up a lot of space, they're expensive, and they absolutely suck to work on. They break all the time. If you go to a commercial gym, they have a maintenance man there on staff, I guarantee you, whose sole job is to fix treadmills. They break down that much. So you mentioned uh, Jamunjafu. Was that what? what I know Juji Mufu. Juji Mufu. He's the guy, like the really buff guy that does backflips. Yeah, and he does splits on chairs with like barbells over his head, right. things like that. It's, it's, yep. this, is, this is what happens in the age of Instagram. <laughs> so like he he did this in an apartment. Like, what if you live like on the second floor of an apartment? Can you can you barbell lift there? Or are you gonna like, or is the deadlift your deadlift bar gonna go through the ceiling through the floor? No, no. Most most. I mean, you got to understand the way that we, at least in America, the way that buildings are coded, they have to stand up to a lot of weight. So although if you're on a second floor, I probably would suggest like dropping a barbell overhead. I don't think you're going to have much of a problem doing deadlifts. And there's also, there's lots of platforms available or different rubber tiles that can suppress the sound and the vibration. We actually have a DIY one we posted on Instagram not too long ago of uh, basically using carpet pads to create like these different layers of a platform. So if you drop the bar, it's not like making a ton of noise, shaking the house, bugging your neighbors, that sort of thing. But I see it all the time. People have gyms in their second floor of their apartment and they're just doing like squat, deadlift, bench, that sort of thing. Some basic barbell exercises. And as long as you're setting the weight down gently and you're not, you know, squatting over a thousand pounds, I think you're going to be fine. And if worse comes to worse, say if you don't have the budget for $850, your, your space is limited or you, your apartment doesn't allow you to have barbells on the second floor. I mean, you can get away with, and you, you've written about this stuff on your site, a kettlebell, some rings you hang up in your doorway, uh, some bands. Like there's things you can do and have a garage or a home gym and get a great workout without having to have a full setup. Oh, without a doubt. I think the, I think the best minimalist gym options like there's are there are guys that do calisthenics body weight type training that are incredibly strong have incredibly good body control and have amazing physiques would honestly they would you know in many regards would look better than many bodybuilders so i don't i don't think you have to have a ton of stuff you can get by with olympic rings like you mentioned i love olympic rings there's a lot of things you can do with those pull-ups muscle-ups levers all different sorts of upper weight body stuff. And then you can get by with kettlebells for lower body doing swings. You could have a single kettlebell and some Olympic rings and get incredibly strong, incredibly fit. You can also just go outside and lift things. Like I know that's kind of hard for some people to view, but you know, a lot of our ancestors, they didn't get strong by having a, you know, a climate controlled gym in their garage. You know, they went outside and they were working in the fields. They were lifting railroad ties. They were doing all this manual labor to get strong. And you can do the same thing. Go pick up a big rock. Go pick up some logs. Go move some, you know, some, I don't know, hay bales, whatever. Like you can get fit and strong without, you know, doing the conventional way of going into a box gym and working out. And I think that's what home gym owners are starting to realize is I don't have to bring the whole gym into my home. I can bring some things into my home. And then the rest of the time, maybe I'll go outside and go for a hike and lift things outside and enjoy nature. You can still hike, even in the age of COVID. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can hike and bike. Nobody's quarantining you there yet. 
So yeah, well, even like I, I learned like shelter in place. You're hearing this phrase, and I was like, what does that mean? Like, I mean, you're stuck in. Like, you can still go outside for exercise. You got to stay six feet away from people. So. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So go for a hike. Go down to the river. You know, go for a bike ride. Those sorts of things. Those are now like open to you right outside of your gym door. So what do you think the future of home gyms is going to look like? After, because of the, I mean, I think this thing, right, this moment right now, I think it's going to cause a change. Oh, without a doubt. This one is super fun. We've seen the rise of companies like Peloton. Peloton now, like they basically brought a spin cycle class into your home. If you haven't used a Peloton and you like spin classes, you've got to try one. They are amazing. You literally feel like you're there live in the class, but you can be wearing your pajamas doing it at home. Okay. But I think companies are starting to take that idea and do it for other types of equipment as well. So there's a company called Hydro that's making a similar model, but it's for a rower, similar to Peloton. There's a company called Tonal. We have a tonal in my, actually my bedroom right now that my wife uses a lot of times. She absolutely loves it. And the idea is they use cables for all the movements. You can do up to a hundred pounds in each arm, but it's like basically a video screen where you're having a trainer train you through movements. It automatically calculates your reps, automatically like dials in like how much weight they're putting on the cables. And it works just extremely well. You don't have to think about it. You just go in, turn it on, and you can get an incredible workout. There's other companies like Mir that are doing this. I think the idea is, again, removing barriers to entry. It's making it so people can work out in their home, get just as good of a workout as they could at a personal trainer. I mean, I also own a personal training gym. That's the thing. Like, like we, I have a gym where we train people. I have a commercial-type gym. But the thing is, the future is home gyms and the future is bringing that experience home. And so all these companies are making ways where they can train people at home via video, all the technology that we have and get just a good of a workout. So I think that's only going to increase. It's only going to snowball. It's just started, but it's going to grow dramatically. Well, Coop, where can people go to learn more about what you do? Yeah. So I'm at Garage Gym Reviews on pretty much every platform. So that includes Instagram, Facebook, on YouTube, Garage Gym Reviews. And a lot of what our stuff happens on the website, garagegymreviews.com. So if you want reviews, you want to be inspired, all those sorts of things, we have a lot of stuff coming out. Would love to help you. And then if you want to join like a community of people, we have a Facebook group called the Home Gym Community that you can join and you know get inspired and, and find other people that are training and be accountable to. Fantastic. Well, Coop Mitchell, thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. My guest today was Coop Mitchell. He's the founder and owner of garagegymreviews.com. Check out his website, garagegymreviews.com. Also check him out on Instagram at garagegymreviews and also check out our show notes at aom.is slash garagegym where you can find links to resources where you can delve deeper into this topic. Well, that wraps up another edition of the AOM Podcast. Check out our website at artofmanless.com where you can find our podcast archives as well as thousands of articles we've written over the years about pretty much anything you can think of. And if you'd like to enjoy ad-free episodes of the AOM Podcast, you can do so on Stitcher Premium. Head over to stitcherpremium.com, sign up, use code MANLINESS at checkout to get a free month trial. Once you're signed up, you can download the Stitcher app on Android or iOS and you can start enjoying new episodes of the AOM Podcast ad-free. And if you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate it if you take one minute to give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps out a lot. If you've done that already, thank you. Please consider sharing the show with a friend or family member who you would think could get something out of it. As always, thank you for the continued support. Until next time, this is Brett McKay reminding you not only to listen to the AOM podcast, but put what you've heard into action.